Okay. All right. The recording is in. And the very first call I did, I didn't introduce myself to the speaker, and, and somebody just asked him, who is this? Who is this? So it was kind of funny. <laughs> so this is Trisha Dyka, and I want to welcome Sarah Hinson to the call. She will be talking about Akashic Records and past lives and how to heal through them. And I do not have a, a lot of knowledge or experience about you know, either one, so it's going to be a really great call. Um, I've got you guys unmuted right now, so if you want to ask questions, by all means, please ask questions. If it does get noisy, I will mute you, but you can unmute yourself. And I'm going to keep checking the chat, see if anybody's on via the web or Skype, so if we need to, if we get any questions there. I know there is a question right now um, in the group, so as you start talking, I will ask you that question as well. Okay, sounds great, Tricia. So would you like me to start or would you like to start? Please do. Go for it. I'm, I'm curious. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> okay, well, so the Akashic Records, not everybody knows what the Akashic Records are. And this is um, not surprising since it's something that was really only the purview or the uh, permitted area of mystic scholars and Generally, you know, people very much involved in religion or secret societies for many centuries. And it's really only in the last probably 20, 30 years or so that uh, the more common folk like you and I have found that uh, we can access the Akashic Records for all sorts of reasons. And uh, one reason is to be able to access um, past lives for healing work. So... Um, that's sort of around the, the human connection with the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records themselves are uh, sometimes referred to as the fifth element. And since I love that Bruce Willis movie, you ever seen that, Tricia? You know, with the fifth uh, element uh, and the Blue Opera singer? Oh, yes, yes, I saw the fifth element. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, well, you can kind of imagine the Akashic Records as a bit like the character from the fifth element because she's this supreme being and personally, I like that she's female as well. Uh, <laughs> just my little <laughs> joke. But um, she becomes something even more amazing once the other four elements, um, earth, air, fire, and water, are added. And that's really, I suppose, uh, one good way to think of the Akashic realm is it's very elusive, it's mysterious, it's all around us, but somehow when we mix up the right formula... Um, and the way I've learned is through a particular type of prayer to access the Akashic Records, then the magic really starts happening. Wow. So that's a little bit of background about it. Um, do you have any questions coming up as yet related to that? Or? No, I do. <laughs> Shall I keep going? <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll keep going. So, yeah, the real focus of, uh, well, uh, actually, I'll just do a little couple of, uh, moments on how I bumped into the Akashic Records because my background was I was always very energy sensitive even as a young child but I assumed everyone else was you know when we all have our spiritual journeys and we find ourselves yeah. on the journey and we oh everybody else must be able to see that everybody else feels that and then over time and in life we find out that's not necessarily true um, I didn't have a sense of the Akash that I was aware of um, but I was really really involved in energy work and I thought what I was going to be was somebody giving energy work sessions all the time in the kind of new age economy that we're, you know, we're moving, hopefully moving towards. 
But what happened in my case is I didn't realize the Akashic Records, it's, it's all about creating an energetic relationship with the Akash. So my energy work was actually preparing me ahead of time to be able to understand the energetic nature of the Akash and be able to describe it for people as far as their own personal records are concerned. Um, so really what happened was I got a book in the, in the mail, or the posters I would say in the UK, the book in the mail that I didn't order. And it was called How to Read the Akashic Records by Linda Howe. Now if anyone's got a little bit of an Akashic Records knowledge, or even a, a, a lot, they might have come across that book because it really is a seminal piece of work. Um, Linda's about to publish in the new year, by the way, with Hay House. Her next book is coming out called Your Extraordinary Life, um, How to Live Life from the Perspective of the Akashic Records. So anyway, um, the book came and I read it and I felt all this energy moving over my body. And to be honest with you, it kind of freaked me out. So I put the book down for a year or so. I've got a big spiritual book habit. I don't know if you, anyone else in this group can resonate with that, but I have a lot of books. Um, yeah. you know, on Kindle and bookshelves. And anyway, I picked yep. it up again. <laughs> I picked it up again, and it made. I was much more comfortable with it, and it made complete sense. And I was actually guided to start giving readings for people. And then I've been giving readings for a month or two, and I realised Linda was offering online trainings to learn how to be a reader. So I did those. And really, uh, for the last two years, I've been giving readings. That's what I've been doing. And, you you know, as we say in the UK, you could have knocked me down with a feather. I had no idea this would be the sort of work I would be doing, but it feels so natural to me. And I think there are probably a lot of people out there who've got a big connection with um, this aspect of our, our energy. So that's, in short, the story. And then if we focus down onto... There's, there's lots of different types of work you can do in the Akashic Records, but what we're focusing on this evening um, is connecting with past lives. So the thing I love, there's lots of things I love about the Akashic Records work. One of the things is um, anyone can do it, and if you want to learn to try and do it yourself, I would highly recommend Linda's book, How to Read the Akashic Records by Linda Howe. Funny, her name is Howe, isn't it? I've thought that for a while. Um, and um, the prayer to access the records is in there. It's a great book. It's such a great book energetically. I swear you could read it five times and still unpack something from it. Um, you can have a reading with an Akashic Records reader, and that's that's what I do online. Um, it, you know, if you want somebody else to help you with your information, but anybody can learn this prayer and see if they can connect with their records. And so one of wow. the areas, yes. Isn't it amazing? Uh, it's yeah. a choice, as Linda says, and I totally resonate with her, that we've never really had before. You know, we've had other choices. People have maybe gone to different, in modern times, you know, different organized religions, rather than it being a family issue or a tribal or cultural issue. You know, we always stayed with the same religion. So a lot of people have done that. And then a lot of other people like me have kind of stepped their foot off the more organized religion route and gone their own route with their own spiritual journey. And now yeah. we can do our own investigative and deep spiritual work with something. I'm sure there are other modalities that are going to come out in this uh, frame too, but the Akashic Records is so big. Um, and for each individual, we all have our own records of um, everything we've, felt, thought, um, sensed, what's happened to us, 
our family connections, all of those kind of things, both for this life and for past lives on planet Earth. So that would be a really great resource for anyone who's wanting to grow themselves, do some kind of personal development and spiritual growth. So to cut a longer story short, the, um, the past life work, when I was making notes for this chat, um, I suppose there are three things you could know about working in past lives. Is The first one is, um, why would you want to? Well, in the context of the Akashic work, you can think of it as, as a guy called Lee Carroll that I've, I've attended his seminars and done some energy work at his seminars. He channels an entity called Cryon, and Cryon talks about um, the Akashic realm. Apart from calling it elusive, he says you can mine the Akash, M-I-N-E, as in fine jewels, beautiful jewels in it, treasures for yourself. Um, and that's really one of the reasons to perhaps think about reviewing past lives. It could be anything from, um, I have this really odd feeling and I don't like things around my neck, to... Um, I really can't stand my mother-in-law. Why on earth is that? You know, there's no good reason for it, but I can't stand her. To, um, I'm thinking of buying a house and I don't know if this is the right time for me or I'd really like to learn a new skill. Um, maybe there's something, you know, I could inquire about in a past life where I had a similar skill or I could find resources for it. So there are all, these are all reasons to access the records. And um, you can think of past lives, if you're saying, well, how do I place that in the context of where I am in this life? Um, you can think of them, I like to tell clients, they're like um, an aspect of our soul um, that we may not have connected with as yet in this part of our journey. Um, and so when we actually connect with past lives in the records, we, we get a choice. We can simply... Uh, talk with the uh, that aspect of our soul, that different past life, um, and the past life itself can choose to step forward and merge or become one in present and now time with you, with you as you are now. So that past life becomes an enormous resource that you can work with in everyday life. Um, so there are choices within it. Um, so. That's probably two good reasons to... Um... All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Would you like I me to do, back I... up? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really don't know much about Akashic Records. I mean, I've heard of them. Mm -hmm. But it's I, I definitely... starting to become common, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I definitely want you to back up in, in this whole last thing that you just said because mm -hmm. that's intriguing. But I got to tell you, it just kind of freaked me out too. I'm like, wait a second. So I can go in and, and ask about previous past lives and then integrate it into this live? I mean, that's just, I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's mind blowing, Tricia. And it's only it, it's one totally aspect. Mind -blowing. It is only mm -hmm. one aspect of what you can do in past with um, the Akashic Records. I mean, I've been doing this work for two years, and um, I can see, you know, with clients, I've been doing it myself a little longer, um, but there's so many potentials for everything. Uh, maybe, uh, perhaps I should just add a couple more mind-blowing facts, is that um, Lee Carroll, again, who channels Cryon, he, uh, Cryon said in one of his channelings that um, there's a view that children are going to start coming in 
who remember their Akash. They're wow. going to have full memory of their Akash. So first of all, let's think of a world where you and I have access to the Akashic Records and we could heal ourselves in a number of ways. Just think if even a quarter of the world's population could do that, could actually reach that level of awareness. How different would the world be? And then what if um, half of the world could do that? And then in another few generations, a lot of the children are going, well, actually, I'm already aware of all of that. And so, um, we're, you know, they're more evolved beings and they can make different decisions on the planet than we have up to this point. So, you know, if you wanted your mind blown, I think it probably now is, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yes. <laughs> wow, this is this is a, a very interesting conversation. <laughs> or actually, you're talking and I'm just listening. <laughs> well, let me know if there's any questions coming up or you have a direction you'd like me to go in next. No, whatever. I mean, I, what I don't get um, from my standpoint, and again, mm -hmm. is so you can just kind of revisit because like I've done past life regressions uh, Kate like but mm -hmm. nothing real deep so like I, I saw um, a couple of different lives that I had lived so I can actually go to the Akashic Records and get more detail about each of these lives yes uh, that's a, you've raised a really great point here Trisha I knew we'd get something um, good by pausing there because um, can I ask you what modality you experienced to have the past life regression in um, I went to a metaphysical store here, and they did a meditation um, on past life regression. But I do a lot of, like for myself, I do a lot of energy healing. I deal with a lot of healers. I, uh, my empath abilities have grown tremendously the past uh, few months. Mm -hmm. I can see ghosts, well, spirits, mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I very, I, I mean, I could be in a place and I can feel everybody's feelings which some days can be difficult. <laughs> yes. I, as, an, as a fellow empath, I do get that. I do. So that, that's a tricky one. Boundary setting, always a good thing, huh? Yeah. Uh, one, <laughs> one of my personal challenges, I can tell you for a fact. Um, so, yeah, the difference is um, the only past life regression, actually, um, that's not, I was about to say I've only experienced one, but I've experienced two. I experienced probably something like you did with a lady called Denise Lynn many years ago, and she's still busy working with people. And she takes groups of people back into past lives. Um, and then the other past life regression uh, I know about is something called QHHT, which is by a lady called Dolores Cannon. And I know somebody here in the uh, Wichita area who is a practitioner and actually works with Dolores. And um, that it uses hypnosis techniques, so you actually you are the past life. You go back and experience it. So okay. that, that's past life regression. What's different about the Akashic Records is, and let me explain it from the perspective of me giving somebody a reading first, and then you know you could understand how to do it for yourself after that, is as a reader, um, when I say the prayer, it opens a pathway of light through my crown chakra into my heart chakra, and then my heart chakra connects with the client's heart chakra. And... Um, basically lights them up, lights up their soul, and then we're able to shine the light of the Akash on aspects of themselves, including past lives. So what a reader would then do in that context is open up a column of light, and if the 
it would be in the context of a client saying, you know, I have this really pressing issue. I think it's a past life issue. So let's take the very, this is a life issue I had, and it's really been cleared up since I've worked in the Akash. The very common one for a lot of people, I don't get on with my mother-in-law. You know, why is that? Mm-hmm. Is then um, I open up, say a client had asked me this, and I'm going to tell my story because I can't tell client stories because that's private. But I would open up the column of light, and then I would ask, um, and you imagine, you know, like those ATMs you get at the bank where the money comes down like that, goes boop into yeah. the tube. Yeah. It's basically, to me, it looks like that when I do the readings. So a life will come popping into that tube. And in my case, my mother-in-law and I um, worked in a factory together in the 1700s or so. It was a very noisy factory, and I was her boss. And I just wasn't very nice to her at all. I was very superior, looked down on her, gave her a hard time. Um, And so what happens is uh, if you're reading your past lives in your own Akashic records, you would ask for the column of light to open. A life would pop into the tube. And depending on your skills and abilities, I'm very clairaudient and clairvoyant. So I would see and hear and be able to describe the energy to the client about the past life. Um, Sometimes I see them, you know those old, we don't really do slides anymore. We do PowerPoint and all that business, don't we, in the modern age. But you know when you used to get slides, you put in a slide projector and they go up on the screen. Sometimes when a client is talking, it's like I see a slide projector and I see some lives flickering past. And it's almost like their um, masters, teachers, and loved ones in the records, which we haven't discussed yet, actually are presenting that they're just telling me there's a past life involved here. You know, you might want to suggest that they ask a question about it, and we'll offer you the the information. So it's like seeing, for the reader or for somebody doing it for themselves as an individual, it's more like seeing a movie about themselves than it is being themselves in a in the because with a past life regression, you're actually more in the body, being that person, experiencing that aspect of yourself. So okay. do you see there's a bit of a difference? Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's what happens. Um, <clears throat> certainly from my perspective, when I read for clients. Um, and so the other thing that can happen, and it's good that it's a little bit removed like that, I think, Because um, once a person does make a connection with a past life, it can sometimes be quite emotional because Mm. the energy is stored, however it's stored in the Akash. I guess, you know, maybe one day we'll know, but at this stage we don't. It's like the best internet ever. You know, it just stores everything, but it's stored in emotion, the energy of emotion. So sometimes people feel the emotions associated with a life. Uh, They'll get a feeling... Or they'll say, oh, that's why I always hated that area of the country and I never wanted to go there. You know, if it was a a tough experience in a past life. Or they'll say, I always loved to do jewellery work and jewellery making. You know, it's like it it lights up a part of themselves that they hadn't remembered until now. Okay. So that's how it works. So I hope I've been able to clarify because a lot of people think, you know, they hear about past life regression. That's usually using hypnosis techniques or quantum healing uh, techniques of some kind, very different in the Akashic Records work. It's a different experience. So now, do you download like do you download for them and they see it, or you see it and ex- and explain it to them? My job is to describe the energy as it rises up in the records. Okay. So um, 
The way Linda Howe described it initially is she said, energy rises on the formed word. So as uh, a reader or somebody who's accessing their own records sees, feels, senses, or hears the energy, then um, some people like to write it. There's a lot of Kashik Records readers online who will just write you a huge report. They will connect with you remotely and just write you a report of everything. I like okay. to connect with people on Skype and do it that way and actually talk to them and I make notes at the same time. So it's um, you describe the energy is what happens. And that's how, you, because energy of any sort, like even the energy in our cells, you know, in modern science, they talk about it being information. Yeah. It's, and so energy is information in so many forms and in the Akash as well. The way we have learned, because we're in, here in 3D, aren't we, not in the whole whatever the multiverse is, you know, out there, all of that dark matter and all that business. We're here and we have to find a way to understand the information and the way we can do that is by describing it. So that's how it works. Did I answer all of that? Yeah. Well, I, I, and it brings up another question. Like, so to me, I'm thinking like these records, it's all then, all it is is a form of energy that is holding on to our previous emotions, our previous experiences. Yes. It is that. Um, I've started asking, and I know plenty of other Akashic readers are doing this too, we've started asking some bigger questions. Um, because one of the things you get excited about once you start working in the Akashic records is the fact that the more questions you formulate, the more answers you get. Mm -hmm. And... Um, one of the questions, one of the well, I got an answer related. I'm I'm doing a a podcast series that's going to come out soon. I hope people will like. And um, one of the things I'm asking is, well, what's the Akash for? You know, we can read it, but what's it for? And this is only my guidance. You know, there must be a gazillion other readers out there. I'm sure we could ask Linda Howe, who's had you know over 20 years' experience doing this, and she might have an answer too. Um, but in my experience, it's actually part of the engine that brings us through into this dimension. So it's actually necessary to bring us here. And it's also part of the engine that drives our life review when we pass. You know, that's a, I don't know if you're familiar with that concept, that we we have a life review. A lot of people in the spiritual realm believe this now. And, you know, when people say, oh, my life passed before my eyes. Yes. Part of that is the Akashic energy, or that people will even say, like, um, there's Dr. Eben Alexander who did Proof of Heaven. You know, there's, um, who's that lady who had the cancer and healed? Anita, uh, Dying to Be Me. There's several books in that realm. Anita, her first name is, I can't remember her last name right now. But um, several books that talk about, you know, you cross over and you have a life review, and some people who have near death experiences even experience the life review where they're getting a chance to review everything. And the okay. Akash is kind of the engine for that, because otherwise, if you didn't have the Akashic energy, how would you, you know what would store the life review? So, okay, um, it's all okay. really big concepts here, I know, but <laughs> um, <Well. laughs> yeah, like cause, again, I don't really know. This, this is like my first time really talking to somebody about the records. You know, mm -hmm. I've spoken mm -hmm. to people about past lives. I, I, I mean. Um, so it's all like entwined together. Yes, and really right there, you have just summed up the energy of the Akash in those words by saying it's all entwined together. It's elusive, yet it's all around us all the time. 
And that's uh, what... With all energy, it's like we can manifest that in thin air. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay. Some people, I haven't had any clients experience this yet, but for my, what happened to me when I had a, a past life regression using Q, QHHT, which is quantum hypnosis, I can't remember what the last two letters are for, but it's basically the quantum hypnosis technique, Dolores' Cannon technique. I didn't have a past life regression. I had a future life regression. And there are people who are having those too, which I find really fascinating. So, um, so you're going to pass in this life, and it's actually showing you one of your future lives. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. So... Okay. Um, that, and then you know that we could do we could influence or that could be a potential future life. I don't know what a physicist would have to say about that. You know, I'd have to ask them about the, what they think about potentials and all of those things. Um, but uh, it, it's a it's a really fascinating concept. So, like I say, anyone can learn to do this. Um, I have some clients who actually uh, are having coaching so they can do it themselves which seems to be working well because some people are not, you know, initially if you're totally new to this kind of work and then you're like, you you say the prayer and you're getting the records, you go, well, am I in here? You know, what am I doing? How do I know I'm yeah. in? <laughs> yeah. How do I get out? Yeah. All of those questions. So sometimes it's helpful um, to, you know, if you want to have this as a as a spiritual practice as part of your life um, to, to have coaching. But um, there, it, it's fascinating work and the, the past life aspect I think is uh, probably attractive to people because there'll be people out there and maybe people listening to this later who go well I've always thought you know people make you know how people in everyday conversation make jokes about oh I bet you were that in a past life yeah you know it's really amazing for clients when they get their questions answered and they go you know I always knew that I always did it was just something that I always knew but I couldn't find a you know, a reason to put it into words or uh, confirm to other people. But, you know, if somebody comes on Skype and has a chat with them and, and you know, this doesn't happen in every reading, it's just when it's appropriate for the person. Um, but, you know, yeah. they actually get answers that they've always been wondering, had the questions about. It's it's pretty uh, amazing, pretty amazing for everybody, well, including me. So basically, somebody can come to you with any question about any past life and about any interaction with another person, and you'll be able to get the downloaded answer. Yes. The way um, I would say, probably we need to introduce everybody to the concept within the Akashic Records of their masters, teachers, and loved ones as well. Because I would hate to say that I'm giving... I said yes, but I'm just confirming your question. I would hate to say that I'm giving people answers because... Um, I'm a conduit, like any Akashic reader. Yeah. So yeah. I mm -hmm. open to. Um, I create an energetic relationship with. I've done it for a couple of years now with my own masters, teachers, and loved ones. And so let's imagine we all have our masters, teachers, and loved ones within the records, and they come through when we open our records as a kind of group energy. It's not like an individual entity or being, like Archangel Michael or some other kind of spirit guide. Uh -huh. it, it's kind of a combo deal and um, so the, we call them MTLOs for short it just saves you having to say masters, teachers and loved ones over and over again Okay. but <laughs> the MTLOs um, so your loved ones are people that you've known um, in this life that have passed 
and then um, the teachers are people that may or may not have lived as a human on the planet. So for an example of a teacher could be Jesus or the Christ consciousness or Buddha, uh -huh. for example. And then the masters are light beings who have never um, embodied on the planet, but they're your particular masters for your particular lifetime. So you can think of them all like a spiritual internet. They're all okay. there just giving you information. And then over and above them, there are also the lords of the Akashic Records, um, and they're basically like internet servers. You never see them. If they were to be personalized into a, a being of some kind, they would always have their back to you, and they're like throwing the energy at you over their shoulders. Okay. That's basically their job. So you have your masters, teachers, and loved ones. Everybody has their own masters, teachers, and loved ones. And the more work you do in your records, the more you forge an energetic relationship with them. Okay. So they are the pe the people, I suppose you could say, or the entities or the energies, the group energies that are giving you the answers. So they are arbiters too. So, you know, you might ask for something and it may not be the time or it may not be the place and you might get a very Socratic or philosophical answer or you might not even get an answer at all. So... They are there for your own divine good as much as anything else. I've as yet not been in a position where I, I've asked on behalf of a client and not and not and been blocked, though I've known other readers who talked to me and said, you know, I had this client and I was told not to give them any information, that they just weren't ready at this moment in time. And so they relayed that to the client and the client said, actually, you're right. You know, <laughs> I think this is going to be a bit much. But I have had an occasion a while back where I was very angry and annoyed about something my partner did. And I went into the records and they gave me lots of empathetic feelings, but they didn't give me any answers. Other than, you already know what to do, Sarah. And I really did. I just, you know, I just needed an ear. I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask someone else. You know how it is. Yeah, so, yeah. The Master's Teachers and Loved Ones are very big in self-actualization because that's one of the messages of the Akash is we... The information is there as we need it, when we need it, for us to be able to grow and be here now. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. So right. you can ask. You you may not always get the answer you're looking for. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I can tell you for a fact, you always get useful and effective information. And sometimes, you know, if it's the right time, then you get stuff that can, is completely blowing you away, going, oh, okay, I get that now. Yeah. Well, I, I could definitely see, you know, I, I it was interesting. Um, I had a past life reading and something about my mother came up that we, that she was a boss in a previous life. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> that explains a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, sometimes it, mothers know, and daughters can have a very complex relationship, can't they? Just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. I have two girls, so I know I'm getting some now from the, the other side. You know, it used to be me with my mum, and now it's me and my two girls. So I do get that. I do get yeah. that. So have you had any well, uh, questions pop up, or you got any more you'd like to ask me? Well, yeah. I, Joanna left a message on the – because I did a reminder this morning. And mm -hmm. she's saying, I have a question. Past life info often comes through when I channel. When would it be necessary to do an Akashic reading instead of just getting info through my guides? 
But I want to add one more piece to this. Mm -hmm. Isn't it the same thing? Aren't your guides and the, the realm within Akashic pretty much the same? That's a really great question. From Thanks, Joanna, for that question. Um, let's take it into two parts. So first of all, all of us, whether we realize it or not, slip in and out of the Akash, mostly by accident. So okay. examples of when you do it, it may happen during a channeling if you do that kind of thing regularly. It may also happen when a musician is playing beautiful music. Um, you know, you wonder where the muses come from. Perhaps a poet writes a beautiful poem. Um, you feel this amazing feeling of connection uh, or grace. That may be a time when we slip into the records because being in the Akash is a shift in consciousness. It's a shift in conscious awareness. So, um, so many people, yes, slip in and slip out again. The difference with using something um, like Linda Howe's Pathway Prayer Process, which is the prayer that I, that I happen to use. There are many on-ramps, by the way, into the Akashic Records. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about someone in a moment who did just that in a different way. Um, but for me and for others who've had experiences in the past, because anyone who's interested in the Akashic Records has probably slipped into them at some point in their lives without even knowing and then afterwards went, wow, that was cool. What was that? Um, or they just, they're doing it while they're, you know, a jazz musician and that's what they do when they're jamming, you know? Well, what happens when you slip in and out of Akashic Records without trying to? Um, a lot of things. I th it really would depend on the individual, honestly. So you may have a flashback or um, you could mm. write the best mm. poem you ever did in your life and you think, who wrote that? Yeah. You know? Or you suddenly discover a hidden talent or ability, like somebody says, oh, so-and-so, she can play the piano, and you're going, oh, I don't know, I'm not very good, you know, and then you get out there and you do an amazing job, and you think, where did that come from? Yeah. Uh, oh, another great example is, you know, these child, um, uh, amazing child performers you see on the internet, you know, and people say, look at this kid, she's playing the harp and she's five or something. Yeah. There's a really great yeah. example there. So people slip in and out, but the difference with the practice and the prayer is that you're doing it consciously. You're choosing to go in, spend a period of time in the records, create an energetic relationship with your masters, teachers, and loved ones, who again, as I say, come through as a group energy. So it's not the same as if you were to connect with a guide, an angel, or some other kind of entity. That's definitely separate from the records. It's a separate function that they have. Okay. That's what I've learned to date anyway. So um, I think that answers the first part of the question. What was the second part again? Because we asked about you know past life coming in through channeling. Um, so I think the Akashic Records is necessary because if you want to focus on purely that and, and be more deliberate about it than just slipping in and out, then that, that's what's different about it. Was there another part to that question I feel... I didn't get to yeah, that part I, down. Yeah, so you answered her question when the past mm -hmm. life comes through when, when she channels and mm -hmm. would it be necessary to do a reading instead of just getting... So it's so it's actually... So that's when my I asked the Part B to it. Isn't, aren't your guides and the records very... Like, this one and the same? There's a definite difference in energetic feel, I can tell you that. Um, okay. And my teacher, the teacher Linda, you know, the one I've been working with, there are other teachers out there too, um, 
they are uh, certainly she is and I know other teachers at, at this caliber you know have been on the spiritual road for a long time if you've ever co connected with angelic energy it has a very particular kind of energetic feel and sense to it and the Akashic yep. Records energy I've never felt anything the same as that so you know I can only speak from my experience because that's what's true for me but I know it feels like very different energy to any other spiritual practice and I've worn several t-shirts I can tell you so <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's, it's a definite different energy mm -hmm. um, and it's seems like through guides you have more of a um a responsive connection whereas this is more of an energetic yes yes that in both cases there's a relationship because i was funny enough i was thinking about this earlier too because all relationships are energetic to some degree we have an energetic yeah. connection with somebody and that connection creates what we call a relationship um but the, because the energy is from a group of beings as opposed to an individual or an ascended master or an angel or something mm -hmm. like that, it just, instead of, ah, I've got the the best analogy for you is, um, let's imagine you're in a theater and you see one, you're on the stage, this is all about you, your life, the show, and one spotlight shines on you. That's using a guide or intuition um, or psychic awareness, you know, people do readings like that where they read for somebody one aspect of themselves, one question at a time. Yeah. And then if you were to connect with the energy of the Akash and the masters and teachers and loved ones, it's like every light in the house comes up. And so you're seeing yourself from every angle, aspect and approach. So past lives, ancestral patterns, um, uh. all your habits, um, I'm just doing a course with Linda at the moment where we're looking at um, our strengths and our habits and uh, working on clearing some of those in the records because strengths can be great and some habits are good and some habits not so good. So it's it's just that there's a bigger light shining on you instead of just, it's not better or worse, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you only want to look at one aspect of what you're working on. You don't want to see the whole tamale because it would be like way too much right now. But... Um, so there's a place for each approach in spirituality, in my opinion. Um, okay. But the Akash is more all-encompassing. All and if you really want to get rolling on a spiritual awakening, I would say have an Akashic Records reading because it will get things moving in all sorts of other areas too. So, In yeah. what ways do you, do you mean? Well, um, I think uh, I've had, I can't be specific because, uh, you know, my client work is private, but I can say that people do get unstuck having, if they have an Akashic Records reading, they've got something really pressing going on, really helps them get unstuck. The minute, it, it actually is a, there is a scientific premise to this, you know, the whole um, scientific theory about when you observe a particle, it changes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So what we're doing is, accessing somebody's energy, Akashic energy, um, by shining the light of the Akash on it, and then we're describing it to them. So by that observation and that description, by default, it changes. So there, some kind of change will be affected for that person as a result of the record's work. For okay. me, it's a case, I was a home mum, and I was doing, I was thinking, oh, I'll do the odd bit of energy work, you know, I do reflexology, things like that. Uh, that's what I was yeah. going to do. And now here I am 
part-time home mum and Akashic Records reader online. You know, that's kind of a big change. <laughs> yeah. So something <laughs> went on there. But, you know, depending on what people's focus is, uh, it's just very helpful, just very helpful and supportive. So. so it opens a lot of insight and, and doors on a whole, whereas if you went to a psychic or um, an energy person, they're going to be working on specific areas. Absolutely, and both have their both are very valuable, you know, spiritual practices. Um, but there is a difference. There's actually probably the, a good example I can give you is one of my past lives, which um, I've bumped into in the, in my Akashic work, and and I'd previously to that been given a reading when I lived in Virginia Beach near the ARE, which was uh, founded by Edgar Casey, by the way, an Akashic records reader. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Association of Research and Enlightenment in Virginia Beach. Mm, no, I have not. Mm-hmm. It's a big uh, organization on the East Coast. They, I think they've got an office as far south as, as Dallas now. Um, but Edgar Casey, get back to him in a moment. Um, but what happened was uh, I went to a, a psychic meeting one evening um, at the ARE and somebody read for me and said that I was one of the inquisitors at the Salem witch trials in a past life. Uh, now that kind of, apart from freaking me out, <laughs> I'm like, you know, couldn't I have just been a slave girl or something? <laughs> 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 just give me something straightforward like that. Because it made me feel extremely uncomfortable. Um, and I was, you know, I worried about it for quite a while. And I got it in a written report by another reader too. So I got it twice, and I'm thinking, okay, they're obviously all looking at the same thing, whatever it is they're looking at. And then finally, when I discussed it with a colleague who was doing some Akashic Records training with me, they said, oh, Sarah, um, remember the the three premises of um, the Akashic Records, which is judge not, fear not, and resist not. And I like to remember that by Jafar, you know, that character out of Aladdin? Yeah, makes, makes it easier to because he was completely that he was judgment, fear, and resistance embodied. But um, anyway, I was kind of judging myself for you know putting all those poor women to death in that age and stage wow. where really that's what we did, you know, that's where humans were. Yeah. And the person reading for me said, "Oh, Sarah, don't you realise you were trying to save yourself because you were one also?" And I went. Oh, I see. Because I was somebody who had skills and abilities even in that lifetime. Yeah. And I didn't want to be seen to be demonstrating those because I'd be in the pit with all the other girls, you know. Yeah. So I became the inquisitor. I became, you know, the person who helped finish them off, all of that. Um, And so it really makes you, certainly made me think about the nature of judgment you know, if uh, you ascribe to the belief of past lives, how many past lives have you been in and what might you have done or not done in those past lives? Uh-huh. Um, if we look at them from the perspective of the Akashic Records, um, the basic premise is to judge not. So um, it it's just a very helpful spiritual practice to spend time in an energetic soup or realm or whatever you like to call it where there is no judgment. Because and you can so look much. at everything differently. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, and that one too, the other past life that came through some of this work, I was practicing with a colleague. I was a, and I've written about this one on one of my blogs too. It's a Kansas farmer. Um, and isn't it odd I'm now living in Kansas? And, yeah. Uh, you know, a Brit on the Kansas prairie, little, little Akashic house on the prairie, you know. <laughs> and the person reading for me didn't even know I was in Kansas because all they heard was my British accent. But they said, you, in a past life, you were a Kansas farmer. You worked very hard in the fields, but you had a wife who had menstrual problems and cramps and issues with her periods and all sorts, and also trouble with childbirth. Because um, my question, I was asking about why I have those issues in this life, because I'm one of those people who has major issues in that area. And um, apparently what I did as this farmer was come about the fifth child, I kind of had enough of my wife because she could never help out on the farm, you know, and I had way too much to do. And so when she went into labor, I left her on her own with the fifth child, and they both died. Um. And I felt it in every single cell of my body. I felt it in my heart. I felt the anger, the annoyance, the rage, you know, of the person just not being able to cope, you know, trying to keep the farm going so people could eat, his family could eat. And then I felt, you know, the sense of, uh, oh, I left her on her own and she passed and the baby passed, you know? Yeah. And so I felt all of that. But what's interesting is perhaps I'm I'm not so, I don't have so many difficulties now with my monthly cycle and the other issues. I think it was all wrapped up in that, you know, that, the resentment. And now maybe maybe it was even karma, you know, that I should struggle in this life with that so I get a sense of what I put her through. So uh, okay. it's a really nice high-level way to see things and go, oh, you know, people do things, but should we judge them? Yeah. It's just a bit of And first instinct is to judge it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's what we're taught from day one. I don't know if you... Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a big fan of... Um, oh, who's the chappy who wrote The Four Agreements? Oh. You know who I'm talking Miguel. about? Miguel. That's him. I, I love that book. I've read it two or three times. I, and the, the four agreements are, you know, one of them is about clearing the judge from your life because we're all taught. Anyone on the group can remember his name? <laughs> Type it in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, four agreements. I probably, oh, yeah. yeah, the four agreements. I've probably got his book sitting here. Oh, yeah, Don Miguel uh, Ruiz. That's it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So it's even here right on my bookshelf. and So, yeah, so, I mean, he talks about, you know, trying to dissemble the judge that we get put into ourselves from day one as humans, you know, in our socialized society. But the, to have the opportunity to go to a place, in, you know, in your spiritual practice where you can get away from that is wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So that's really one of the, I mean, people get healings from, because the, the focus of this talk um, is about healing potentials, but that's one of the ways that people can get healing is to learn about their past lives, and it, it may make them feel differently about their their current life. It may make them feel differently uh, about Fred down the street. You know, maybe I'm not going to judge him quite so much anymore. Yeah, um, okay. <clears throat> and it can reduce fear around phobias, um, and resistance to new ideas or even new talents and new abilities because you, if you realise you 
were pretty good at that in another life, then maybe you could be good at it in this life too. Yes. Yes, because it's been interesting. Um, with me opening up as an empath, apparently my clear audience, along with these emotions, I'm getting mm. a lot of, I'm hearing the emotion as well as feeling it. Like I'm hearing somebody talk about it, even though it's my voice, you know, I'm ah. hearing, you know, I'll hear it from in my head and I'm like, what the hell? So, and and I have I have put up quite a bit of resistance, and it's it's much less now, but I definitely still catch myself. Yes, that's interesting. Well, the um, as an empath, then you'll totally resonate. This is one of my favorite statements from Linda in the training that I've done with her. She said, "What we must understand when we read for clients, or even just do the work for ourselves, even more so, is that people only ever do what they do to try and make themselves feel better." Yes. And, you know, no matter how awfully, I know that awful things happen in the world every day, and um, that, I think, is a true statement for just about everyone yes. on the planet, you know. People are only trying to do what they do. I'm not saying what they, all of what they do is right, um, but one of the ways we try and clear that is to feel better. Yes, yes. So how interesting that you're getting that kind of connection, though. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, I, I definitely like, I was, I know that um, I was sitting next to a girl at, at work and she was arguing with her daughter. And mm -hmm. out of the blue, I just kept, you know, I felt the anxiety, I felt whatever she was feeling. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't want to go home. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I was like, and I started looking around like, all right. And mind you, it's, it, I still am like, hmm. Is this mine? No. Okay. <laughs> but I, I hear it clear as day. You know, it's interesting. We're on this phone call, and I'm hearing get out. And I'm like, huh, get out. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting, yes. I'm like, cause we, you were, you, I was telling you something, and then I hear get out. And I'm, I'm like, all right, get out. Does that okay. mean literally get out? Or is that the American, get out? You know, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> It could I, be you know, I don't know. It, it was quick. So I'm like, uh -huh. huh. I'm like, all right, what's that? So I, I don't well, know. I didn't. Ah, interesting. There was one point I felt like I, because I, I go into the state of mind when I'm working with clients a lot, I felt like I was going into my records around the time when you were asking me the question from Joanna. And I was like, I'm starting to go into an altered oh, state here. I need to, yeah. Oh, because that's, that's about when I got it. I got get out. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Yes. That might have been my master's teachers and other ones. They said, I had a little meditation before I came on the call, and they said they'd be with me, but I didn't need to have my records open. So I must have slipped in. See, we because slipped I in anyway. Get out and I was, this is freaky. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> because so, I'm like, get out. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? And I, and I was in the middle of asking you a question, and I'm like, yeah. just look at this? Because this happened to me. I'll be doing something, I'll hear something, and I'll start looking around like, where did that come from? Okay, that's well, very interesting. It could be a, you could have a guide or something. Because I have some, I'm very clairaudient. I have very chatty guides when I'm working with people, um, who, you know, say all sorts of things. So sometimes it's hard. And the clairaudience, if you, uh, in the Akashic work, is quite strong for me too. So sometimes I have to manage two conversations at once. But you get used to it. It's a bit like being on a group call. <laughs> in your head. <laughs> that's true. Right. Well, well, then let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. You know, with all of this that have, has gone on with you, 
from from a, from me. How do you handle those voices all the time? Um, I've learned a few techniques, Tricia. Um, I've had a good fortune. I don't know. I've been on this amazing journey both in the States and before mm. this, but I've had some really great teachers. And I recently did some work with a lady who specializes in spiritual mediumship. Okay. And she offers, she says, think of your own technique. And actually, strangely or not, I gave this technique to a client's daughter the other day. And her daughter's only nine, but she's a spiritual medium. So she really needed it. Um, is think of a way um, to choose how to tune in or not. So in my case, I visualize, because that works well for me, a rose bowl. And when I just want to be private and just me, the roses are white. When I want to talk to my spirit guides, the roses are pink. When I want to talk, you know, if I want to do like spiritual mediumship work and open up to uh, disembodied spirits or anything else I might want to be doing, this is not in the Akashic work, this is separate to that, I make the roses red. And so um, sometimes I've been, I don't know if you get night visitors, you know what I mean? Like disembodied spirits and things bothering you at night. But that got you know, quite... It's, it's funny, ahead. I've gotten quite a few people asking asking that. No, not yet. And I kind of put that on hold trying to deal with this issue. <laughs> yeah. So what you could yeah. do is, um, so this, this girl that I was working with who also had the similar issue, she liked the concept of a traffic light, you know, so it was green when she just wanted to be herself with herself. Um, actually, she did it the other way around. She did red for, you know, stop, nothing, no thank you. Uh, orange for, yes, I'll talk to my spirit guides. And red for, you know, I'm open. Uh, sorry, green for I'm open, everything else. So um, the other thing you can do, I do this at night sometimes if I feel like it's going to be like a train station or something. You know, it's like one of those busy nights with, whatever's going on with the moon and everything else, alignments. But I will actually pray to have my third eye closed for the night so I can just do the work on the higher levels. Oh, that, okay. That really works for me. So you might want to try that one, see if that helps you. Um, and just ask for, you know, you're, you can be the person, you, you get to choose when you want to, you know, once you start practicing shifting states of consciousness, you can be the person to choose when you do it and when you don't. Yeah, and um, sometimes I get after my spiritual mediumship course. I I think I've always been a medium. I just didn't really know how to channel it the right way. Sometimes I will get disembodied spirits popping in when I'm walking the dog or doing the laundry or something, and I go, um, "What colours the rose?" You know, and they go, oh, "Okay," and I say, "Look, two o'clock tomorrow. I'll, you know, you come by then and we'll talk." And it just keeps life manageable because I have, you know, two youngish girls. They're preteens. And I've got plenty to do, you know. Yes, yes. So um, that's how I do it. So if there's anything there that appeals, I would give it a go. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have, like, anything else that you want to say about the Akashic? Do we, I know we've got a couple people on the call. Do you guys have any questions or do you, you know, want to join in the conversation? I've got this to call on Interactive, so you're more than welcome to join in. And I will check to see if anybody's on the okay. asked any questions on the nothing on the on the no questions on the um website. Well, if anyone you know listens to this later and they're on the Facebook 
group. I'm Trisha invited me. I'm part of uh, her group now, Spiritual Freedom. Freedom, by the way, is another big premise in the Akashic Records, so that's really cool, I think. So if anyone has any questions that didn't get answered by listening to this, you know, you can just post them in the group and we'll get them answered, right, Trisha, one way or the other? Absolutely. What did you say about spiritual freedom? Well, freedom is a um, freedom is a big premise in the Akashic Records. So um, <clears throat> I had some, personally, I had some issues about what freedom is and what isn't after, okay. you know, I was working professionally for many years up until my mid-30s before I even had kids. And then I had kids. I was like, ah, my freedoms, you know, it just all seemed to be diff- so different. And I really struggled with that. Some people make the transition easily. I didn't happen to. Um, so I just found myself in this place when I was struggling. And uh, for the Akashic work, is it gives you a sense of, um, of more spaciousness and openness. So, you know, when I'm tied down to a very busy schedule with two children, um, again, it's another place you can go to be free. You know, whatever freedom means to okay. you. So I love yeah. that you use that word in your in your group. I think it's a great name for the group. Thank you. You are most welcome. I I really appreciate you coming on and um, definitely uh, sharing this with with everybody. And you really, you know, for me personally, it's opened up because I really didn't know much about it. It's very in- interesting. It's very intriguing, and, and it's so amazing to me how everything is so interwoven it is it really is amazing i actually feel uh trisha and by the way thanks for having me on the call i thoroughly enjoyed myself thoroughly enjoyed myself um but for me the akashic is that um was the missing piece of the puzzle for me i started to learn you know about energy and how life works and all these kind of things but I just really wanted to be able to lift up one little corner of the universe because it's the way my mind works and go, why does it work this way? You know, why do we have yeah. to do it this way? And really, the Akashic work has helped me answer that. It's still helping me answer that. It's a journey, but, you know, I feel like I was able to just lift up one little corner of the universe and have a look, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That and it's, and it's not just one particle. It is a vast peak that you're taking. Yes, a vast peak. And the fact is, as soon as you look at the energy, it changes and we're all connected, which is another big Akashic concept. So, yeah, there we are. So thank you so much for your time this evening. I had so much fun. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk to you. You Um, too, Tricia. And I know there's a couple people on the call. Good night, ladies. Um, And if it's a man, a gentleman, good night. (laughs) (laughs) I... I'm going to put the recording up in a little while so you guys can re-listen. You can ask any questions, and it has been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, likewise, Tricia. Thank you. I hope you continue to have a good evening tonight. Yes, you too. Everybody enjoy the rest of your evening. Yes. Good night, all. Bye. Good night. The moderator has left the conference.